Hello and welcome to Illy's Coffee Talks. Season 3 is going to be about all my favorite topics including slow living, inner work, entrepreneurship, creativity, spirituality, slow traveling and health. I am Ophélie Cabanero, your host. Enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, Pragati. Good afternoon, Ophelia. We were we're laughing because we were just making sure that we each pronounce each other's name properly. <laughs> uh, and we don't, <laughs> no. <laughs> Or I don't. <laughs> you do. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and and the reason But like I said, it's been pronounced wrong for the last 18 years, so it's not <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you are from India originally? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, born and brought up in India. And you moved to Basel 18 years ago then? No, 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 no. I uh, moved to Basel seven years ago. Okay. Since I've worked with Europeans and Americans for the last 18 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And been on calls with them and, you know, been collaborating and doing things. Then it's, it's been like the, the voice on the other side is always Pragati. <laughs> and then there was a point then I was like okay then I just stopped directing people now. yeah it's that <laughs> Prakati is good <laughs> <laughs> so Prakati you are um, the founder of My Swiss Story mm-hmm. would you like to share what it's all about yeah absolutely and uh, also you know My Swiss Story is super special because that's how I really met you as well And that's why I want to talk a little bit about my Swiss story. So my Swiss story is um, on a very like a simple level is an expat blog that I mm-hmm. created when I moved to Switzerland seven mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of it was very simple. To be honest, if the purpose for it for me was because I just love writing mm-hmm. and I needed a creative outlet, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because everything was so new and I really wanted to document my life. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all started. So I was just writing, a, you know, all my experiences. I was posting pictures because Switzerland is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, even if you are not a photographer, you become one when you move to this country. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's what I was doing. I was just writing my experiences. And then I saw that a lot of people, expats especially, started to resonate with my content because I was creating content in English. Mm-hmm. And I think I was touching some chords which were common, you know, yeah. that they were common threads that an expat really experiences when they reach, like, you know, they've just moved. And uh, that's how this whole journey began. At this point in time, my story has two main aspects. One aspect is that it still supports expats in their journey in Switzerland. That's still my focus area despite so many years and, you know, so many changes that's happened but that's the basic thread of um, my Swiss story and over the years I also start, worked a lot with women yeah. so it's also become a platform where I try my best that women get the visibility that they deserve mm-hmm. because uh, women especially have such amazing stories, such diverse stories to tell so it's kind of also become a platform where women feel that they are represented Uh, and that's why I do a lot of work specifically with women who are, uh, you know, who've created a new life in Switzerland. For mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And so some what did you think most expats went through when they first moved here? What were their concerns or struggles? I mean, I can talk about myself. Like when I moved from India, life completely changed. Like it's a complete 180 degree shift. Almost like you have to learn the ways of living again. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it goes to as basic as you know how things are done and you know how you really take care of the house. What it's like parenthood two dot oh motherhood two dot oh you know taking care of your house two dot oh work two dot oh. So it's it was like really like starting all over again. So that's uh, I feel the whole lifestyle that changes is a lot to take, especially in the first year. Then I come from a warm country, so yeah. <laughs> moving to Switzerland was like I was like, what's what's happening and why are there seven different type of jackets and what are you really what are you guys really talking about? <laughs> so that was that was really, really funny for me. I mean, it was like because we were all falling sick all the time and I did not mm. know how to dress properly because, like they say, right? There's no bad weather, just bad clothing. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think it took me. I mean, it's it sounds very basic, but you know, having no help around, it was completely a DIY society. And I'm, yeah, hey, like I cook dinner, I buy groceries, I clean this, and like there's no help and there's no help. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean every everything changed, and the and the worst part is that you're doing all of this alone. Yeah, because in the beginning, in the beginning, and even after my, some years, I feel that your social life really takes a back backseat because you're learning so much, you're kind of mm. adapting, and your unit becomes much smaller. It's with the family. So I moved here with my husband and my daughter, and that's mm-hmm. you know that's what our life was centered around. So you do miss having, you know, family around, friends around, mm-hmm. extended circles and things like that. So you're obviously very lonely mm-hmm. uh, when you move. So I think these are some of the aspects that I think every expat goes through, especially in the year one. Yeah, it's a big shift for sure. And the language. Yeah. And, and the language. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which we still struggle with. <laughs> At least I do. <laughs> Did you take German classes? Yes, so I am actually even B1 certified now. Um, Congratulations. B, yes, thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> But you know what happens? Like, I mean, I really enjoyed, uh, so I'm not complaining at all. I really enjoyed doing the classes and, you know, kind of practicing my German a little bit in grocery stores and in coffee shops and at this train station and things like that. But then it's so limited to that part because yeah. I work in a global environment. <laughs> and then everyone is always speaking English. Yeah. So you hardly get a chance to practice as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I can understand quite a bit now, which is which is fair. And then I use my daughter as my translator because she <laughs> she's speaking very well. She goes to a normal Swiss school? She still goes to an international school. It's a bilingual school, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a little bit this is also another tricky thing with the expats because we mm-hmm. when we moved here we we were like okay let's stay here for three years and then go back uh, that's gonna be like our little adventure mm-hmm. it's been seven and we are still here so, <laughs> so I guess we really did like it but you know in this whole mindset of hey what if we move we kind of stuck with this uh, international schools mm-hmm. which a are probably not the best way to integrate 
and b are like super expensive mm. so our plan now is that as soon as possible we move her to the local school yeah uh, because I, i think they are better uh, in, in all ways not just not just the aspect of uh, what the fee structure looks like but also for a child to integrate it's always mm-hmm. better if they go to the local school yeah i think you talk about that on your blog as well yes yeah yes. Yeah, a lot that. about schools on yeah. you know on, about schools and i mean and I, i've documented a lot about uh, how it was to raise a child in a in a culture which you yourself knew nothing about mm-hmm. so it's almost like you know i learned it with her and she learned it better because she went to school and i didn't yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and they're anyway so young and they learn fast and they can adapt yeah. very quickly Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's 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 just a joy to watch them grow and it's it's amazing how she's turned out to be when we moved seven years back versus her personality right now. So it's, it's you can see how they mm-hmm. adapt to the new culture yeah, yeah. and so fast with children that they learn so much so fast. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. What can we talk about? <laughs> so that was the um... The, um, when you That's got the Mysore more... story part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But I also story. want to wanted to say that uh, Mysore story is my passion project. It's more of uh, like my creative outlet. Uh, what uh, what gives the bread and the butter <laughs> at home is uh, is both me and my husband are actually working in the corporate environment. Mm-hmm. So I've been working in the corporate, you know, workforce for the last. 18 years that's mm-hmm. why i was saying at the beginning mm-hmm, yeah, that yeah. i'm used to being called prakati <laughs> uh, because uh, and just like you know this is such an indian stereotype but both of us work with tech so i'm in technology for the last 17 or 18 years i work with accenture i work as a business and integration senior manager so it's it's um, pretty consuming uh, just not time but you know it kind of overall consumes you quite a bit So yeah. that's like my main main job and I also teach as a lecturer the same very geeky tech stuff uh, at the university in Basel which is the FHNW Basel uh, university and this is where I also did my masters when I had just moved mm. uh, to Switzerland so it was very interesting to be uh, you know on the other side yeah. just a couple of years ago when I was one of the students in these classes and then now me being a teacher so it's 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 really and it's also something that i discovered after moving to switzerland that i could teach i had no idea mm-hmm. that this is something that i would because i never thought in my dreams that i would ever be a teacher it's just it just happened and i absolutely love it so yeah. yes nice. my life is pretty full <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing quite a bit mm-hmm. and it's great you share it because Sometimes we can see, I mean, I knew you were doing this, um, mm. but you don't try to hide it or anything. But sometimes maybe we see entrepreneurs and we see, oh, they have a blog and maybe, oh, that's all they do. And then we get this fantasy in our heads. I know I've ha- I've done that. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, blo- just blogging. How amazing. I mean, it can happen for sure, but What's your actually your take on that? What do you think about 
for people listening maybe and wanting yeah. to start a side project like that have a creative outlet what would you tell them the newbies maybe yeah maybe i mean and and that's it's such an interesting question because i feel that what we see on our phone and we're spending so much time on our phones mm -hmm. oh i i mean i was recently reading this and an average of it is around four to five hours a day that people are glued to their phones yeah. they are yeah. actually looking at social media mm -hmm. and you know very young impressionable minds are also doing the same thing and probably spending double the time that we are mm -hmm. <laughs> and what we are seeing is all through like i always say this through these rose tinted glasses that's not life mm -hmm. Mm. you know i i don't pick, put pictures of when i am uh, in front of my laptop 10 hours a day and yeah i really look like shit at these sorry for the bad word but i really look like like really horrible at the end of the day and i'm uh, you know so tired and i'm like why do i do this at all mm. and it's not the pretty picture I, i don't want to put the bad pictures on instagram right? mm -hmm. that's the part of life that's I try my best to keep my content as real as possible. Mm -hmm. When I'm sick, I do tell people that hey, this is what sick looks like, and you know this is what real life looks like. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not wearing makeup, this is what I look like. But what we are see seeing most of the content that we're consuming is all really pretty pictures and the best locations, and it's not and even the blogger life, right? The free products that they're getting all the time, and this is the reason I completely stopped doing that. You know, mm -hmm. I. stopped all PR packages that were coming to me and i was like because the truth of the matter is that i use maybe three or four products in my life <laughs> yeah and i cannot a i don't have the bandwidth to try so much and b i don't want to fool an audience that's watching me yeah uh, that you know i trying out everything in the world and recommending things So mm -hmm. I I don't want to be in that position of power mm -hmm. just because you know i become an influencer or a mm -hmm. blogger So I think this is what I mean people need to take it with a pinch of salt that they are also just doing a job nobody's life is as glamorous not even the biggest of stars right so yeah. even they have their hard moments and That's days true. when they are crying the days that they just don't want to get out of bed and it's the same so anyone who wants to uh, it's just another job there's a lot of hard work involved it's true uh, if creating content is your passion you want to take it full time you want to make your you know side like become like a side runner on it or you know, it's going to be like your passion project it's it's serious business there's a lot of work that goes i mean you you need to know your why 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 do you really want to create yeah. content what are you going to give that's not already available mm -hmm. uh, you you need to really think hard about that and then the second point is that it's not all fancy first of all when we look at really big bloggers or influencers they've really worked hard to reach wherever they have and even behind all of that is so much work that goes in every reel that they shoot mm. or every picture that they post and the edits that go in no one no one mm -hmm. is really living that sort of a dream that they are selling mm -hmm. so yeah. that's a good point yeah, i mean i always say that it's it's you, you your writing or your content creation has to have a lot of purpose behind it only then would you know you attract the right people it's not getting uh, x number of followers or x number of views and likes but it's about creating authentic content which attracts the right audience mm -hmm. not just any audience but the right audience 
and then secondly is like you got to take it as seriously as any other job in the world mm. sometimes even more because it's much harder and you're all alone <laughs> doing it yeah because it's or what i felt is because it's so personal because you mm. really share things that you lived or that you maybe when you go to work in the morning you you're kind of detached and now the blog for example that you have is really your life it's you so yeah it's yeah. very personal very vulnerable absolutely and you're sharing a really vulnerable side to yourself and it's always got a double edge right on one side there will be people who are super supportive and who resonate a lot with what you write or what mm-hmm. you post about or even your picture but there's also this block of people who will judge you mm-hmm. for what you post or who mm-hmm. would like we also call that there are these trolls in the market mm-hmm. or there are spammers like you know remember what happened to me when we were doing the advent giveaway together yeah. so uh, it was there have been points and this is a really raw Uh, thing that I, there have been points even in my content creation journey when i have thought about let's just shut all this because this is too much of my personal life this is too much of a personal invasion uh, sometimes mm-hmm. and um, yeah fine i love writing and other things but uh, it's this is this is becoming too much so it's mm-hmm. it does not come with <laughs> its own pressures and moments which where you feel hey it's not really worth it but yeah i mean there are obviously very very rewarding moments that keep you going mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know there's also this flip side to everything yeah. that you do yeah. and being vulnerable is actually the strongest choice of mm-hmm. uh, a woman or anybody who's posting content kind of mm-hmm. makes when they do it not yeah. everyone can be vulnerable on a public platform yeah Did you think it would go so big when you started? Did you have it, or did you have a vision for that? I was a little bit lucky because I had my sister guiding me, and she was a beauty editor with a large uh, company at that time in India. She was already a very established blogger, mm-hmm. and. Um, when i was moving i was a little bit upset so there's a back story to it when i was moving to switzerland what people think is when we moved to switzerland is like oh yes you know you made it in life when you moving to this amazing country all that was great but i was really doing very well in my career at that point in time almost about to get promoted um i was working in a large fmcg corporation at that time and then i was like telling my husband do we really want to do this because i think i'm very well established where i am and it's and i will have to quit and just come with you and be the trailing spouse mm-hmm. and so it wasn't an easy decision when we moved um and my sister obviously i'm, I'm the closest to her like uh, you know so i was she obviously knew what i was going through and when i was going through it uh, going through this whole transition she told me hey why don't you start writing for and that's why my address is pragati and beforebeauty.com mm-hmm. because beforebeauty was her blog mm-hmm. and what how it all happened was she gave me like a small section on the blog and he she said we'll call it the swiss blog and then you write your stories here and uh, so it was her <laughs> so mm-hmm. i was very lucky to get my small corner in a very established blog yeah amazing and uh, then th- there was a point in time when this section became bigger than before beauty 
which was more of a beauty and a skin care and a lifestyle mm-hmm. sort of a blog and she was like it's time for you to leave <laughs> <laughs> and open your own shop now and i was like yeah and i was still kind of like let's let's just like no no because now the content does not match at all yeah um, you know and i cannot do beauty and she cannot she does not live here so we have to like yeah so that's how my swiss story was born okay. so i was okay. writing from 2016 to the almost till the end of 2019 on before and then we decided it was a collective call that you know we will start myswissstory.com and then it was in a, it my mind it's still the same it's exactly the same mm. thing that i do but it was important that we have these two blogs yeah. and then her audience the audience that was kind of that i built over there mm-hmm. was so lucky that they followed Mm. Uh, also like these guys were on my swiss story again and I, i did not have such a big problem with uh, you know then again rebuilding the whole yeah. website and things like like a building an audience again so mm-hmm. i think i was a little bit more fortunate than someone who just starts a new blog because i had like the right person who was in the industry who was telling me hey this is what you need to do and she would actually sometimes even edit my articles and things like that so i had I had some help there. <laughs> That's great. And I'm really thankful. Yeah, I'm very thankful that she did that. Um she still works in the content creation business so that's like her main job. Yeah. Uh, she's working with a lot of like she does a lot of brand building stuff. So, yeah. I was set up in a right way. <laughs> nice. You learned from the best. <laughs> yes. For me she is for sure. She also helped a lot in this Uh, in the campaign that we did together uh, the advent campaign so she was i i whenever i i am in trouble i go back to her and i mm-hmm. say hey you need to help me with this that's so sweet <laughs> lucky that way yes so how so you started basically you got to switzerland and you didn't have a yeah. job at first you because you quit your job in india yes yeah. and, and then you came and you started that blog here I started and, blogging and I also had the masters that I had already. Uh, so I yeah. always have a lot of planning that goes into what will I be doing. So I do uh, like you know I've always heard that women don't prioritize themselves and sometimes put their families ahead of themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh for me my family is super important. I mean, it's just the three of us and it's it's like they are pretty much uh, you know my life. But mm-hmm. I always also take care of what will I be doing. Mm-hmm. Because I I can easily not feel healthy if I am not like if I if I'm not if I don't feel like I'm adding enough value mm-hmm. um, or you know my creativity is being mm-hmm. utilized I was really worried about that because I was leaving my job for the mm-hmm. first time in my life uh, to to kind of go to a place that I had never been before yeah. it was it was pretty scary right mm-hmm. it, it looks like um, like a bed of roses but it's not So that's when that's why and I had decided that hey it's been on my bucket list that I want to do a masters but because I started working and it was so many years of working that I was you get financially independent and there's mm. never a right time to come out of your job and start doing a, an MBA or a masters. Mm. So over here when I moved I was like there's never going to be another time like that yeah. in my masters. Right. So you were doing those two things and that was yes. uh manageable to do it together 
it was still a lot yeah i think i did again sign up for a lot this is a this is a running theme in my life that i always take up a lot of things yeah we, we <laughs> all tend to yeah 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 <laughs> i'm trying to work on that but yeah it was it was pretty nice because initially it's also setting up your family because obviously my uh, my husband was already in this job and this new role for which we moved here and then there was a 5 year old <laughs> who's now 12 but she was 5 then and there was all of this like i was saying life 2.0 happening so it was this plus the masters plus mm-hmm. you know this whole blogging journey that started which is which was actually very therapeutic for me this is the only reason i started writing and you know all of this started was because it, this was almost therapy for me so it was mm-hmm. only it was the only thing that i was doing only for myself and there was But, nothing else in my mind well, i will come back to the mm-hmm. how you juggled everything uh, but when did you start writing for yourself yeah. for for myself yeah i think uh, luckily come from a family of uh, uh, writers i would say because my dad is really very very well read so this was a like a running theme in our house that we uh, that that are like what do you say like play time would also have some writing involved in. so mm-hmm. i was writing very early on in life like it mm-hmm. was it was something that my dad was always encouraging of me and my sister that you guys have to read a lot of books and write a lot mm-hmm. so we were writing like i i can't i don't even know when i started writing because i was always writing a lot i was writing short stories from oh wow really when i was a, when i was a child and i i did the same thing with my daughter so she loves to read and write which i think is the most powerful thing that you can give to a child because that's the whole imagination that they can then kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Uh, work with and then you really build a world around it and create characters and it's it's just beautiful that's when i had started writing was as long as then mm-hmm. and i was i was also even blogging before i moved to switzerland but this blog was being read by four or five people <laughs> which oh, wow. is like my mom dad sister <laughs> husband <laughs> so yeah no one no one can that's why i said that my writing only found some purpose so basically found a little bit more audience than four people <laughs> and moved here <laughs> what was it about back then mm. So yeah like I was saying I was I was writing a lot of fiction at that time I mean I I would always create these stories and characters it wasn't so much about life and and you would like publish that. those or post those on your blog some of it yes so that that's how I and this was another thing that happened to me because I was writing all of these stories and things like that was because I wrote a character and built a character called Maya and then I just you know kept writing chapters about it till it became like almost like a play mm-hmm. and then i decided i am going to produce it wow and then i actually staged that play in wow. india wow that's yeah. amazing that's really yeah. amazing yeah so, so you actually have both uh creative like the the writing side of the brain and the technology more scientific or no right or yeah yeah but, yeah i i would say like i am my my heart resonates more towards creativity but i think i'm also very good at i wouldn't have lasted in a job 
for this long so i i mean i always loved numbers i was always mm. good at math and, mm. uh, then computers when the when computers like when 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 i got my first uh, i think it was a compact vestario and it's the first computer that we got at home i I had stars in my eyes and things like that. I think I was in great. I think the tenth grade or something. And uh, so I've also always been fascinated with technology. Yeah, wasn't yeah. that? But I don't find myself putting all my creativity into it. I always feel incomplete, and that's why I've always, you know, kind of resonated towards the arts. Yeah. Whether it was, you know, doing that play or trying my mm-hmm. hand at acting or writing or. You taking pictures or creating content and mm-hmm. everything it's 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 something that i always found missing mm-hmm. uh, it was like that missing piece so that's why i've always done an extra project outside of my my regular job amazing to have both i don't have both <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure i even have one of them really properly <laughs> no come on <laughs> yeah I don't believe you. <laughs> no, but definitely was more drawn towards literature and languages mm-hmm. when I was younger, and I would never do math or something like that. Accounting, all these things, it's it's tricky. Yeah, for my me. sister is would would completely. <laughs> She's with you on that. <laughs> she was she was like as soon as possible. I can get rid of these numbers in my life. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave math and go away. And yeah. I was the one who was like, "Oh, I love this, and I love this. And yeah. I love how we come to these solutions and things like that." So I, I did kind of. So I'm, I'm geeky in that sense that I could, I did love numbers enough to, you know, continue a, continue or make a career in this whole mm-hmm. science and technology mm-hmm. realm. Yeah, it's great. So then you were doing your masters and doing uh, writing for the blog, or first your sister's and then yours, and and then you took on that job at university. Is that right? No, no, no. So <laughs> after I finished, there's there's a lot that happened. So after I finished my masters, my supervisor who first did not like me much because she was like, you know, she just doesn't cannot. she just cannot do research work because she comes from this country where they never did research work and that's true she is not wrong the way we study in india mm-hmm. is like we never write papers uh, it's not a thing for us we do projects and we do a lot of talks and we go and present and there's it's, it's more around uh, you know kind of either academic that means you're going and writing exams or you are working on a project but this whole research paper thing is such a european thing mm-hmm. i would say was like something that was so new for me so mm-hmm. when i intermediate had submitted my first three or four chapters of my masters she was like this one's going to fail <laughs> <laughs> and it's not easy for someone who's say worked at least 13 years in the industry yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah. i think i was the most senior in my class and i'm like what's going on <laughs> and then i completely turned it around because i was like hey this is like this is now going to be a big challenge for me but i'm going to learn how to do this mm. and i did and uh, i was probably uh, rated one of the highest in my final thesis that i submitted and then she it, it it turned so much that she said that hey stay with us and do a phd take this thing forward 
take mm. this journey forward because you've already done so much work on on what you were working on and then i was like no i think i want to go back to my corporate life now <laughs> <laughs> it's time to make some money you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm being totally honest so that yeah. when i started applying i was also applying all through my masters this is another thing that is a very expat uh, facet of life that you might have done years and years in your home country mm. you have come here with a lot of experience um but for some reason it's hard to find a job in switzerland mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you might be very skilled you might be super talented and a lot of things of course the language is always a barrier but there are a lot of things that play a part uh, just you know learning the ropes around finding a job in switzerland is not the easiest aspect you really have to work on it almost like a project mm-hmm. so I yeah i think uh, yeah I, i'm sure and every expat kind of resonates with that that finding mm-hmm. a job here is almost uh, yeah. finding gold they, they ask also for very specific diplomas and certifications and it has to be exactly that and the language also is often a barrier uh, so yeah Yeah there are a lot of aspects and I I think I did a lot of I could write a book now on her, <laughs> on, on all the all, all the things I did and I actually did share a lot later on mm-hmm. uh, of you know how I found the job but yeah my first job was happened I think almost a month after I finished university so I was lucky in that sense that at least I did not have to wait mm-hmm. I started working with IBM at that point in time mm-hmm. was a very difficult setup but i said yes to it because i was spending three days in veve which is on the french side of switzerland and then i would spend the rest of the week which is four days and my child was still maybe six mm. and a half seven and mm. it was really really tough on our family but i was like hey i have to get the foot you know kind of get the foot in the door and mm-hmm. start working again and it was it was really hard like i was i had so we had two apartments at that point in time i took a studio mm-hmm. living there for a while and then also then after a year or so i think year year and a half i was like I, this is really really too, too much. much it is really too much it, it's it's also affecting my health a lot mm-hmm. because i'm all, I, i always used to feel like i'm in the train all yeah. the time yeah Uh, but i learned a lot about living in switzerland and kind of working in switzerland it mm-hmm. was a very, really really it was a difficult year but it was a very uh, it was one of the years where i learned so much so much because i was this i started working and then i was traveling all the time it was almost like i was in between two countries because the german part is speaking german the french part is speaking french mm. and no one cares about your english and <laughs> yeah. you have more complexities at work because you're like the swiss ways of working are a little bit different mm. even though it was quite global and then yeah so uh, after that after the whole then i was working in bern for some time that was still absolutely fine because you can still do that within a day you can still stay home for all of this and then i moved to accenture yeah it was a great position again a great role so my home office was basel <laughs> but that's another story that i've never been able to find a project in basel i'm somehow always at least mm. one hour away from mm. home so zurich zug 
<laughs> all of these other places are where i find my clients because i work in consulting mm-hmm. but uh, yeah i mean and this whole teaching thing happened i think 2019 and the same teacher called me up and she said hey i really think you should teach so we kept in touch all through mm-hmm. these years when i was working i used to tell her this is how stuff is going this is how uh, you know it's shaping up and she was like i'm telling you you're going to do your phd some day with <laughs> and then when she called me up one of the days when she called me up i was like yes i would love to have a coffee together but i'm not going to do a phd <laughs> and she was like no 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 i have something else this time and uh, the subject was very close to what i work on so it was enterprise systems and i am working with that all the time so i was like yeah but do you think i can teach because how do you know if i can even do this she was somehow she put her faith in truth and i still thank her for this because it was one of the most rewarding journeys and it was something that i just discovered say at the age of 39 now i've been teaching for 3 years 38 39 and uh, you know discovering a passion at that age is just amazing because you didn't know you could do it do mm. that mm. and i did my first class and i was like hey i love this i love this whole thing of giving back and you know interacting with students and then you know like i could see light bulbs going mm. up and if you can make some sort of a difference or change the thinking about how career could go in a different direction mm-hmm. and, uh, so it's 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 really was that's how teaching really happened completely by accident mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah so it's all your relationships and you know yeah. the it's it's relationships really matter and sometimes people really do uh, put so much faith in you mm. and these are not people that i knew right these are people these are relationships that i just built after moving here it's not mm-hmm. like i mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's also the impression changing that happened in, in this particular case <laughs> because i had never written a research paper in my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's it's a great uh, journey and so now you still teach and you still work in the corporate world then yes i have re- i was doing all of this and it was just becoming a lot so i was working i was working 100% and i was um, teaching autumn semesters is when i teach mm-hmm. and i also do the blog and mm-hmm. i do this pretty seriously and i do these creative projects when i'm responsible even for other people Mm. Uh, which becomes then the your accountability is so much higher because you're working with so many people and they expect stuff out of you mm-hmm. uh even if it's not uh, monetized which it isn't for most of the times but it's it's still a responsibility right i mean whatever mm-hmm. work you put in so it was it was just becoming a lot so recently i've now become uh, you know i think a couple of months back i decided that i want to become part time with my job because i'm doing quite a So that's one of the things I did to take care of myself. Yeah. That I was like, hey, I need to add some balance. That's good. Into my life. Yeah. Yeah, so now you feel that it's more that it's pretty balanced with those three outlets. Um, it's still <laughs> a, sometimes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> because you know in consulting when you say 60% then it's 100% and yeah. when you say 100% it's 200 mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I try, I try. And I, I think some of the things that I've learned in the last couple of months is that it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. It's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. It's okay to draw your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people really appreciate you when you, you know, kind of raise your hand and say that this is really too much for me. Even your family, even your closest uh, people, when you tell them that, hey, I need help. Mm. I need you to support me here. or I, I, I did not know this was ever an option. Till I started using this as an option and saying that, hey, I cannot do everything mm-hmm. by myself. So I really, so I ask for help when I have, need help, mm. at least from the people that I can trust and the ones that are close to me. I say no when I know that there's no way out rather than you know feeling bad later or you know taking a chance with my health mm-hmm. I rather say no at the right time and saying no at the right time saying no is one thing but saying no at the right time yeah is so important mm. how do you know that it's the right time now to say no or how how so f- you can take a personal example if you want like How do it's sometimes tricky, especially for people who tend to take too much or who like to do different things at kind of the same time. How can we know better before it gets out of control? Hmm. I mean, I think for me, I've really learned it the hard way. I had no idea that I wanted to say no. To be honest, emotionally, I think I never realized it till I. There was a point in time in my life, I think it was the end of 2021, when I was, I needed to lie down every one or two hours because my body would be in so much pain. Mm. And I was just working nonstop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it was, I, I was, I, I just did not understand what's going on. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I was even then very, you know, hunky-dory, happy, you know, still being myself, total mm-hmm. people pleaser that I am, you know. <laughs> I was doing everything, but I was like physically super unhappy mm-hmm. because every one or two hours, imagine that yeah. really also takes an effect on your mental health because mm-hmm. you are not feeling good. Mm-hmm. You are just not feeling good. And I was like, I was like not able to sit on this chair anymore and things like that. And then I was like, something's not right. Of course, mm-hmm. I uh, there was medical intervention needed until I realized that I might be going through an actual burnout. Mm-hmm. And that was like a big alarm bell for me. Mm. I need to, I need to take care of myself mm-hmm. because if I don't, then all of those people who I'm taking care of, it's it's not going to make sense mm-hmm. anymore. Then, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think this was this was a big eye opener for me. I took a back seat. I took a break for some time. I practiced a lot of different techniques. And saw what would really work for me, right? Because all of us are so different. It's easy to say that follow a morning routine, do yoga, do meditation, eat well, go to the gym. There are 20,000 things that you can do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, go to a therapist and do acupuncture. And, you know, I, I've been, uh, but I, I also had to do a lot of things to realize what is it that really works for me. What is it that brings me happiness? What is it that brings me peace? Mm-hmm. What is it that restores my balance? Mm-hmm. This was the most important for me. And I think the first step was when I when there was awareness, when there was actual awareness that, hey, I do need to take care of myself. Because 
even that was missing right mm-hmm. for the longest period and we are wired so differently at least in my culture that we always just keep doing things doing and caring for others you know putting yourself not second or third also at times mm-hmm. but probably mm-hmm. last and that's when i was like no but i'm you know i need to uh, really put myself in the center and i tried a lot of uh, things and then you know there were things that i had to change about what makes me feel good like i would ask myself that question i would mm-hmm. stop and ask myself that question what's making me feel good what's making me feel and you know kind of what's my morning routine going to look like and it's going to be only my morning routine i mm-hmm. don't care about if yeah. people drink 20 glasses of water <laughs> and then they take 20 breaths and then they <laughs> <laughs> it's not for everyone you know it's it's now even this has become a social media trend yeah so so yeah i think i found my own there was a lot of awareness first that happened and there was a lot of time spent with family friends that understand mm-hmm. and then i think i uh, tried various things which 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 brought me back my balance and of course mm-hmm. it was when i went back to work i also had a lot of conversations with people was very open with people that you know this is what works for me this just stuff not work for me anymore mm-hmm. and uh, i'm i'm very lucky that my organization was very supportive uh, at this point in time uh, that my family was very supportive and that people around me understood because sometimes you could be this could be very underestimated mm-hmm. uh, somehow I don't think mental health conversations are still where they should have been. Uh you know, we're not taking them as seriously as physical problems. Yes. Like it's still not normalized, but at least there's a conversation. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, I'm I'm glad at least that's happening. Did you read the book uh, or did you hear about Gabo Mate and the body when the body says no? I haven't. It's based so he's a medical doctor and he mm-hmm. really started to 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 see people in his practice but also like instead of just being a medical doctor and giving people a pill he would really have a conversation with those people and try to figure out why they would maybe have this disease or this mental health thing or and and mm-hmm. often it came from trauma but also many things but he says when you don't say no yourself your body will basically so this yeah. there's a lot of people pleasing i mean we all do it uh, because that's what we learned as kids and putting i mean Christine Gabrielle mm-hmm. she might mm-hmm. listen to that and she gave a workshop actually about uh setting boundaries and saying no and I went because I need to learn it too yeah and it's it's great yeah to to learn to put yourself first and to not feel guilty when you say no to something and to be yeah to really say it and without excuse without justifying yourself you know to be like hey this is not going to work for me in a 
polite way still of course yeah. <laughs> but it's so it's so valuable because it's gonna give you so much time for for you it's almost like it it gives you the uh, you feel so free it's a mm -hmm. very free mm -hmm. it's difficult of course it's very difficult because if you've been wired for years and years and mm -hmm. most of your youth and then you know at whatever age we are at now becoming mothers and things like that mm -hmm. i mean if you're wired in a particular way and you've never said no or it's not normal for you to say mm -hmm. no it's a very it's almost like you learn this mm -hmm. uh, yeah. you learn this and then you then to apply one is to just say it and then is to apply it and when you apply it and after you do it you also see the reaction of how supportive people in front of you yes. can be yes. it could go either way of course there's always mm -hmm. there all there's always going to be people who are never going to understand you or you stay misunderstood or mm -hmm. it stays underestimated but then there are it's it's a mix of reactions but when you do this how you feel at least the way i feel is that it's very very free Uh, it's it's everyone should try it <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> and it's going to be hard at the beginning and it's yeah. normal but yeah it's very I, i forgot what i wanted to say now about that topic i forgot it's okay yeah happens <laughs> it happens a lot to me as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah we often think that If we often think, oh, I cannot say that to that person, whatever it is, doesn't have to mm. be no or set a boundary or something, but maybe we changed our mind or, yeah, a lot of, I notice people around me also are like, oh, but you know, I'm never going to be able to tell her that or him because he's never going to be able to understand. Well, often we think that, but it's not true at all because when we actually have that conversation, the other person is totally fine with it most yeah. they don't care yeah. because the drama you play it's just in your head and it's not real and i don't know i think this is our uh this is the thing with overthinkers that we have played out the entire story the whole situation mm. in our mind yeah yeah and you know given ourselves the worst scenarios possible that then we are kind of hesitant to even start that conversation yeah yeah <laughs> and and it's 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 so funny when you actually do it and you were like oh it was that simple huh mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was that simple and also it's probably gonna serve both to have that conversation yeah. because yeah. if you feel like something's not quite right then it's not going to be right for the other person either at some point that person's going to feel that I'm guessing. And then if you say, for example, you want to quit your job and you're not going to do an, an amazing job day after day after day because you, you actually don't want to be there. And maybe if you tell your boss you want to quit, he might find an, an amazing person to replace you who actually wants to be there. So it's a win-win-win situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally agree. Totally agree. Absolutely. So yeah, I also encourage people to say no and set boundaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I know it's very easy when you preach it, so hard to follow it because yeah. I think like me you have done it too and it's not the easiest thing to do especially for people pleasers. Mm -hmm. But but so powerful because it's almost like you have this feeling of empowerment when yeah. you, when yeah. you are able to you know stand up for yourself more. Yeah. And 
put those boundaries in and say that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, it's yeah, also for sure. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that journey. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if any of our listeners would benefit from it or are on the edge, mm-hmm. they should know that it happens. It's quite normal mm-hmm. that you know it happens to the best of the people. And, yeah. Uh, we cannot you really don't know what behind what's behind mm. the pretty Instagram pictures mm. we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, and we cannot do 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 the so here we have seasons and you probably notice that in the winter, for example, you're more tired, you need more sleep. So yeah. you cannot do all the things you do all year round. If it's winter, for example, or maybe if you're a woman listening, if you have your period or because we work in cycles so we cannot be doing all the time on all levels like maybe there is a a time where you work more on one project and then more on the other and yeah yeah i mean your whole energy your whole balance is so different throughout the year i mean i I had no idea so i would always be very hard on myself this has not been a good day Mm. But it's okay because yeah. you probably were very hormonal today, <laughs> or you know there was something else that was going on, and it's fine. Mm. Your energy was kind of low. You have not rested enough, and I think these are those are more important things to you know kind of be more kind to yourself, and know how you're feeling, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And did you find that in India you were more? Uh, you could. Because of because the seasons are probably not that extreme there. What could you did you see the impact in your work or in the energy you had? I I could still see it. Uh, it was just that I had no awareness because I would just like I was very focused and I was work would always take a lot of uh, would consume me quite a bit. I would say. But there was definitely, you know, the ups and downs just just in the way the days go. There's some days that there's a lot of energy in there. You're able to accomplish a lot. It, I never could have related to seasons or, you know, other things or our cycles or different things that goes on around. I don't think I could do it. That's also something that I think I've recently learned. I was never... Mm-hmm. <laughs> wired the way <laughs> that way where I would be slightly more kinder to myself mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. say but yeah. yeah I mean I was I was always in India one of the good good or convenient things is that you do have help around mm. even if you don't have like your support system in terms of you know having your parents around or having your in-laws around Mm -hmm. like that because in India when you are far apart in different cities you are really far apart it's almost Mm -hmm. like a three-hour flight Mm -hmm. to get to where your parents stay still better than now nine hours or ten hours but but still it wasn't the easiest but this whole concept of that you can hire help affordable help in Mm -hmm. India is much widely and vastly accepted Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I moved here it was it was a running joke in my friends would ask me at the university that how rich were you <laughs> and I was like no no I'm not being snobbish here it's it's just the way life is over there 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a people with so many, you know, it's it's a country with so many people. It's mm-hmm. a very large population. There's a lot of jobs, and there's mm-hmm. uh, there's it's it's very normal that if you're middle class and above, you will have some sort of help. Mm-hmm. And this helps really enables you to to delegate some of your, you know, the running or the operational sort of tasks in your yeah. life. Yeah. Especially when your babies are babies, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you you know that's the time I think mothers need a lot of help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, mothering is anyway hard. But mm-hmm. I remember that I was back at my desk because I had complications during my pregnancy. I was back on my desk still. the moment my daughter was 3 months old mm-hmm. which is not so possible if i was here i would i would think because i had enough help to yeah yeah manage the fort when i would leave home yeah yeah i mean i hear here from from a lot of my friends who have small children now and how hard it is because yeah probably parents are not around and then um it's super expensive to put the kids in at the kita yeah and or hire a babysitter so not everybody can do it and it and a lot of women are mostly women i, I wouldn't want to make this a sexual stereotype but i see a lot of uh, women kind of taking a back seat when they are new mothers mm-hmm. which is absolutely fine but somehow i think the society has to be a little more friendlier towards this whole option of allowing daycare or mm-hmm. you know these kitas to support moms a little bit more who mm-hmm. i mean it's it's absolutely fine if you voluntarily want to take a break and take care of your child it's i think the most precious time right so it's like no mother wants to really miss it miss it Mm-hmm. but for for what i've noticed is that sometimes you don't have an option at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then that's not that's not the best arrangement also yeah it's true yeah you kind of should have the freedom yeah is there anything you'd like to share about your journey or entrepreneurship or anything as an expat anything? yeah i think um as as an expat i would probably share one from each uh, of the different things that you just asked me about so i'll start with being an expat so if you're a new expat and you've moved to any country in the world not just to switzerland but i think having an open mind is super important putting yourself out there so you really and it's not easy to go out of your comfort zone especially if you are a person who is kind of an introvert or kind of between an introvert and an extrovert but you really need to put yourself out there to because it's the sense of community is extremely important for your health mm. both physical and mental mm. so i think do yourself that favor and make sure that you put yourself out there mm-hmm. so that you can thrive not just enjoy but just thrive in your expat life mm-hmm. this is something that i have learned in the last 7 years then on the journey of entrepreneurship i would still say that i am learning because i am like a side entrepreneur like <laughs> like you would say it but really have a purpose like it has to be it has to come from within this has to be really something that is that you are very passionate about don't do anything for the sake of it 
mm. whether it's starting a new coaching business whether it's starting you know a cooking class baking classes or it's starting a blog or even just an instagram account be purpose driven over there mm-hmm. and then lastly was from my journey i think the last seven years has been quite because we spoke a lot about the last seven years so the last seven years have been such a roller coaster for me i've learned i think i i was telling recently one of my friends is i think this i think i've lived much more than just seven years in the last seven years it's probably been the kind of learnings that i've had the kind of experience that um, you know that i've had is it's i'm very grateful for all of that so you know kind of savor all of the things that happen to you even the bad ones because the bad mm-hmm. ones teach you so many things mm-hmm. so that you know you can apply all of those lessons mm-hmm. yeah and say no we talked about that a lot so say no <laughs> <laughs> that's great thank you so much yeah uh, it was a thank really you. nice converse- conversation and i'm super grateful for that conversation with you today likewise um, ofeli it was it was such a pleasure i yes. i had such a great time and yes. i'm glad that we did it just spontaneously and yeah. guys we haven't prepared at all like, <laughs> no. it was really like two friends sitting over coffee and talking <laughs> yeah it's the best yeah and maybe you have speaking of coffee those coffee with purpose uh, yes. days is there yeah. one coming up So we just had had an event yesterday in Basel in mm-hmm. a yoga studio and this was the first time I did an event like an event event mm-hmm. and it was pretty nice but we keep doing that so if you uh log on to my website or follow me on Instagram actually follow me on Instagram is the best way mm-hmm. and um, this year is all about for me uh, the focus on the goal or the vision with my Swiss story this year is really to build a very supportive community of women Mm. who uh you know there's 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 a lot of value in it uh and i i really think that's going to be my mission for this year it's not to write a lot or to mm-hmm. focus on creating expert content of course that's that's going to go on mm-hmm. uh that's like a personal passion so that's going to go on but the whole community building aspect mm-hmm. uh is 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 like very 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 important So yeah if you follow me on Instagram then you'll know when the next coffee meet is or when the next webinar is or when the next event is going to be. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you very much and thank you all thank for listening. Thank you so much.